reprieve from some prophecy. Somebody say amen, I guess, but that's all right. Uh, I want to deal with another aspect of our lives. We need the whole Bible, and that's what the pastor's job is. I want to turn into the book of Ephesians tonight. And while you're turning to the fifth chapter of the book of Ephesians, there's all kinds of different preaching that a preacher can do. You can preach an outline, two or three points, preach an alliterated outline where it all comes together. You can preach a subject matter. You can preach a character matter. Preach on characters and characters help you. But my favorite preaching is to, it may not be yours, but my favorite preaching is expository preaching. Verse by verse, word by word, that's where I seem to learn more in my Bible. And that's what we're going to do tonight on a few verses. We'll go as far as we can and go home. This is something that touches me. These are what I pick up. These are things I pick up every day in my personal study. And uh, I haven't been giving them as as much as I did at a time. And so I want to look at that tonight. Ephesians chapter 5. And I'm sure somebody's going to say, oh, you're going to talk about husbands and wives and love. No, I'm not even into that tonight. Chapter 5, we want to read at verse number 1. You stand, let's read together. Notice what Paul says. He says, be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. And walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as becometh saints. Neither filthiness nor foolishness, or, or, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know, that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man, who is an idolater, I heard a fellow one time call that an idolater, who is an idolater, hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. You can be seated. Let's ask God's divine wisdom and touch on this tonight. Father, give us wisdom from heaven. Lord, we need that anointing of the Spirit of God, and without the Spirit of God, it'll be as... Vain as it can be, and Lord, it just be words. And help it, Lord, not to be just plain words, but be, Lord, strong doctrine in things that we need. May it not be sounding brass and tinkling cymbals tonight. But I pray you would open our minds of understanding and touch us and bring us to the place that we need to be for your glory and honor. We'll give you praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
Look with me tonight, and we're going to look at a few things here, back and forth. Just We'll just be probably mainly in the book of Ephesians, uh, mainly in chapter 5, when, but some other places in Ephesians. The first thing Paul says in verse number 1 is, Be ye therefore followers of God. Let's look at that. Paul didn't say try to be, didn't say you ought to. He said, be ye. That's a command. That's a not only a command, it's a demand. Paul said, be ye therefore. In other words, he's also saying, become. Be or become. Therefore, followers of God. We want to deal with these things. Followers of God. You know what a follower is? Somebody that's walking in the footsteps of another. You can't be ahead of God if you are, you're a leader. And you can't be a leader till you become a follower. Amen. Amen. And some of us have never followed God much. And we're trying to lead. And if you learn how to follow, you know how then to lead when it comes time. And so we look at this, followers. That means that we are to be imitators of the Lord Jesus Christ. Somebody said, I don't like to imitate nobody. You better learn to imitate Christ. He's your example. That's another thing that followers are. They're examples. The Lord didn't tell us to walk on the right side of Him. He didn't say to walk on the left side of Him. He said to follow Him. Now, preacher, you know tonight He didn't say anything about following Jesus there. Wait a minute. Be ye therefore followers of God. Who is God? Made up of, he's a triune God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. You can't follow God and not follow Christ. You can't follow Christ and not follow God. You can't follow Christ and not follow the Spirit. You can't follow the Spirit and not follow follow the Father and the Son. You got that figured, ain't you? You said, I already know that. Good. I just kind of packed that in a little. And that's what we need. We need to get this packed in. Amen. Uh, we may want to shake it just a little bit, get it down in there. You know what? That gets, gets all that loose air and amen. It gets, it gets it all packed in. Be you therefore followers of God. Amen. Now, let's look at that word followers just for a moment. And uh, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 16. We'll turn in the Scriptures on that just for a minute. Mostly we're going to be tonight in Ephesians, as I said. But let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse number 16. 1 Corinthians four sixteen. I want you to read with me. Matter of fact, you need more Bible than you get, and so we'll stay with the Word of God tonight. Chapter 4, verse 16 says this, Wherefore I beseech, that word beseech means beg, Wherefore I beg you or beseech you, be ye followers of me. Now preacher, that's a contradiction. He said be followers of God. But Paul's saying now be followers of me. Now, Paul was walking in the footsteps of Jesus. He followed the Lord. He learned how to follow God. And Paul's not saying, follow me in particular and do what I tell you to do, but follow me as I follow God. 
follow with me. And beloved, we as individuals and believers tonight, you're to follow God, I'm to follow God, and we'll all be together. We're all followers of God. I don't take no scientific uh, education to figure that out, does it? We're together in that. Then in turn, down in chapter 11 of the book of 1 Corinthians, in verse number 1, Paul says again, Be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. Now he clarifies that just a little bit better of what I told you. And then we go over now to Philippians chapter 3 and verse number 17. Preacher, can't you just read it and let me know? I want you to turn with me. Philippians chapter 3 and verse number 17. The Bible said here in Philippians 3, 17, Brethren, be followers together of me. Isn't that what I said a while ago? We're to be followers together. And mark them which walk so as you have us for an example. Did I not tell you that we're as followers, we are to be examples or in samples? Those are the same. I'm to be an example to a lost and dying world. They're to see Christ in me. Amen. I believe we ought to take a strong stand against sin. I believe we ought to fight sin tooth and toenail. I believe we ought not let the devil get by with anything. Crack him on the head every time you can. With the word of God. But at the same time tonight. I believe that we ought to be followers of Christ. And the world ought to know that we've been walking with Jesus. Amen. And we don't have to put a sign on us. Just just walk for Jesus. Now go over into 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. I love that book of Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse number 6. The Bible teaches us something there. In chapter 1, verse 6, he says this, And uh, ye become, and, and ye become, or became followers of us. He's talking to the believers, those Thessalonian believers. And ye became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Ghost. You've had some trouble, but you, you, you received it with joy. Trouble's coming. I, I don't have to tell you tonight. I'm trying to brace you. I, I believe we're going to see some rough roads and some rough days. And I believe we're going to have to stand on our two feet and trust God and stand on the solid rock and claim the blood and claim the word and fight the devil and take a stand and stand like we've never stood before. Amen. I believe that with all my heart. and That's what I'm trying to challenge you with. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse number 12. And he's going to give us into some things tonight I believe that we need to see and preachers don't preach it and churches don't hear it and therefore they just go ahead and do them things and get in trouble. In Hebrews chapter number 6 and verse number 12, the Bible gives us something there. He said that ye be not slothful. Amen. Now that, uh, that's lazy. Amen. Baptists got a tendency to be lazy. I've got a tendency to be lazy. Amen. The older I get, the more lazier I get. I sit down in a chair and I, a chair and I can't get up. I, I tell myself I'm going to do, I'm going to sit here just a minute. Might take me a little bite to eat and then I'm going to get up and get at it. But by the time I get my bite to eat, brother, I want you to know my body has uh, given in to the food and the next thing you know, my eyelids get heavy. 
Amen. And the older you get, the worse it's going to get. And I get lazy. I've always, I've always said I don't want to be called uh, a compromiser and lazy. And lately you can call me both of them. I'm not about to compromise but you can call me lazy. Somebody said, you preacher, you're getting lazy. Yeah, I'm getting lazy. That you be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Talking about the saints of God. So we're to be followers. Paul's coming back now in Ephesians saying, Be ye therefore followers of God. We're not followers of the world. Not followers of men. We're to be followers of God. Amen. You said, well, I've done got that. We, we got that. Let's go on. Well, for the sake of time, I will. But we could stay there. Maybe we ought to. Amen. Followers. That means get behind and uh, do what we're supposed to do. When we're following God. Hey, you said, how can I follow God? Obey His Word. You know why? He's done been there. And so we obey His Word. Then we go on. He said, be ye followers of God as dear children. Dear children. That word dear means beloved. It also can mean dearly beloved. Now we're to follow Christ as dear children. That's what he calls us. He wants us to be dear children. Now you said, preacher, what's that mean? Well, I'll kind of explain it to you like this. I've got three children. As far as I know and the best I can tell and the best I've tried to do, I may have missed it and messed up on it. But I've tried to treat all three of my children the same. I have not tried to, uh, you know, sometimes one of them's a little closer to me than they are the next day. Another one is. But I love my children. I would do as much for one as I would another. Now, they may not feel that way. One of them may not have as much respect for the other today and then love them more tomorrow. But I've got the same respect. I, sometimes children will say, I don't want you to be mad at me. I don't want you to hate me. That's one of the things that this world kind of has messed up children with. Amen. They've taught them that, you know, if you don't do right, you're liable to hate them. I don't see how any parent could hate a child. I don't care what they do. You may get disgusted and upset and like to uh, beat them over the head with a table chair. Amen. But you will always love them. Amen. And you have no, well, one will say, and I, they've done it for all these years, and one will say, you like him better than you do me, or you like her better than you do me. And oh, I say, no. Today, they need me more than uh, you do. And I look like I'm spending more time with one of them today than I am tomorrow, but it won't be long. It'll be your time. Amen. And I found that out to, to be to be so. So I love my children the same. And the Lord loves you just like He loves Have you ever gotten in church and said, I wonder why the Lord's blessing that and ain't blessing me? You ever done that? I have. But you know, the Lord, they may be needing the Lord a little stronger than I, or maybe I ain't wanting to get too close to God today. Amen. There's times when children don't want to get close to their parents. There's when parents, there's times when parents don't want to get close to their children, and that's that's wrong. I used to have a, a, a several ladies, there's a couple of ladies in this church, and uh, they and excuse my uh, English here, they were Yankees, and they were sitting over here. 
their husbands wouldn't come to church. And uh, it didn't take me long to figure out why, but they they would be with me somewhere. We was working. They'd work with us in the ministry. And they'd say, you know what? And they had children. And they said, I love my children. I said, thank God you love your children. Every mama, every daddy ought to love their children. If they don't love their children, they ought to get right with God and start loving them. Amen. Now, let me just tell you this. I see some other children in here tonight. I love every child and every... And when I say these ain't childs, they act like it sometimes, but they're not. I, they're not children. But if I want to tell you something. If you think I'm, if I've got a special place in my heart for them more than I have you, you've got it exactly right. They're mine. Amen. And if you love my children better than you love your children, there's something wrong with you spiritually. Now, I'm not out of the book. I love your children, but I'll tell you what, I would take care of mine a lot quicker than I'll take care of yours. Because they're my responsibility. Now, the Lord's trying to say, dear children, He's trying to say, you're my dear children, my dearly beloved. Now, God will spend more time with you and me as His dearly beloved, as He uh, more time with us than He will with those who are lost and undone and on their way to hell. God will speak to them. God loves them with a holy love. And God don't love them any more than He loves me and you. But when we become His child, we get to the place that we have precedence in His life. And He takes up His abode in ours. And He begins to bless. That makes sense to you? Amen. You say, but them ladies, God bless their heart. They they, they run off and left us. And uh, anyhow, they uh, one they said, and I, it might have been for things like this that I said to them. They said, matter of fact, we love our children more than we love our husbands. And I said, uh 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 uh, wait a minute. You have no Bible on that. I believe a man and a wife ought to love each other more than they love their children. But I've seen this ruin people. I've seen this tear homes apart. I understand sometimes marriages don't always pan out and don't work out. Amen. But I'm saying this. As a, as a general rule, a mother and a daddy together has brought children into the world Brother, that's the fruit of their womb and the fruit of their labor. And that's the fruit of their life. And they ought to love their children. And But a wife should love her husband more than she loves her children. And a husband should love his wife more than she loves her children. Not saying that she shouldn't, uh, you know, love the children. She should. Amen. I did get a little quiet there. I must have clipped something. But... And uh, I think it done done a number on them ladies. They left, and uh, I've preached that. I'm not I'm not out of the Word of God. I believe that, brother Burl. You agree with that, don't you? Amen. 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 I love my children, but when I was when my wife was alive, I loved her more than I did love my children. She outstripped me now, and I don't have that. Amen. But I'm telling you, uh, I, I I've kind of put the love I had for her on my children. Uh, they might not have expected or figured it out yet, and they might not have 
believe in it, but uh, I do. Amen. They're my responsibility. Now, and maybe one of these days, God help me, maybe I'll get them grown, but amen. We'll go on from there. Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. Now we like to look at that word children. Let's look at the kinds of children. There's all kinds of children in the world, aren't there? All right. In verse number one, it says, dear children. Let's back up a minute in chapter one and verse five of Ephesians. In chapter one and verse number five. The Bible said, having predestinated us, that scares Baptists to death. Amen. They don't like this business of predestination and election. They scared to death of it. Best thing I found out a long time I run from it. Best thing I know is just hit it head on and go. And you got to figure out what it is and get there. I don't believe God has ever picked out some to go to heaven and some to go to hell. You're not going to make me believe that and I'm not going to preach it. I believe God sent His Son to die for every man and woman. I believe God sent His Son to die for all and God loved them all. And for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. God's not willing that any should perish and go to hell. And remember that. And if you get out of that, you're going to get out of the Word of God. But there's some belief tonight that God has picked some to go to heaven and some to go to hell. And they call that predestination. And these preachers and religions and Baptists have got hooked up on that. And our county has got some of that. And that seems to be more prominent now than I've ever seen it. And I don't care, I don't bother me, but he said, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. We talked about dear children in chapter 5 verse 1 and in chapter 1 verse 5 he's talking about the adopted children. Ain't you glad you've been adopted in? I've been adopted. Now in legal laws in the world, if you are adopted, you have more rights than Bloodline children. Amen. The laws stay with you. Now we find adopted children. Let's now turn to chapter 2 and verse 2 of Ephesians. And the Bible said, And you, oh, excuse me, verse 2, Wherein in times past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power there, that's the devil, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. We find there's the Adopted children. Now we find there's the children of disobedience. Is happy any? All right. Now let's look at something else. Let's go to chapter 2 and verse 3 of Ephesians. The Bible said, Among whom also we all had our conversation. We all had our conversation. I want to remind you, we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh. Fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And were by nature the children of wrath even as others. There's the children of wrath. The children of disobedience. The adopted children and the dear children. Now Paul looks at that. And I wish we could spend the time tonight to separate every one of them. I'm going to give you. That's homework. Go home and figure it out. Amen. Make sense? Now let's go to chapter number 4 and verse number 14. In chapter 4, 4, 14 says that we henceforth be no more, more children, 
tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning uh, craftiness whereby they lie in wait uh, to deceive. And we talk about tonight, these are tossed young'uns, tossed children. They're tossed to and fro. Devils made havoc of them. And that's what we used to be. We was tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. We listened to everything and anything that come our way. But now, thank God, we're not tossed anymore. We've been adopted and accepted and we're not children of wrath anymore and we're not children of disobedience. We are dear children. And then God throws in something else. Look at chapter number 5 and go down to verse number, what is it? I read chapter 5 and verse 6. I read this is the last verse I read. The Bible said, Let no man deceive you with vain words. For because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. And we've done gone over that. Those are lost. The children of disobedience are lost people. We are to be obedient children. Now, I want to throw this in before I get any further. As children tonight, and the reason he mentions children here is, is because simply we are to be children or be obedient. Not all children are. They get up to a certain age. But it's our responsibility when they're young to teach them to be obedient to parents. That's why he's talking. God has laid down an order in the Word of God that children are to be obedient. He said, I don't believe that. Chapter number 6 and verse 1 of Ephesians. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Did you get it? Obedient children. And so that's, uh, that's where it's supposed to be tonight, obedient. And the reason he means his children to follow us as, 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 uh, dear children is because tonight they're obedient. Another thing about children are they're teachable. You old hard heads in here tonight, I have a hard time teaching some of you. But children, when they little bitty, Everybody says, oh, they show them pictures and they'll take them and look at them and I go everywhere and people are showing their grandkids or great grandkids and I've got involved in all that stuff too and you have too and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not criticizing you for it. But somebody show me them pictures and I say, oh, ain't it pretty? But it's going to grow up. <laughs> Amen. Now, some of y'all kind of look a little funny. Well, they're so sweet and, oh, they're so precious and you love them. And, I mean, they can keep you up all night and you still love them to death. But you wait till they get 15, 16 years old when they're keeping you up and, brother, you ain't, no, you ain't as nice to them. It ain't as much fun then. That's why he's talking about dear children. God said that's why they're teachable. You can teach kids. They'll say, how come you do that? And uh, mom will tell you. Mama will tell them, or, and uh, Daddy will tell them. And they'll say, why? Why? Kids get in a little stage, why? Ask everybody, why? Well, you got to do it. To, why? we got to do it this way. Why? That's just the way it is. Why? You know what? That's, they're at the teachable stage. And you better teach them all you can, because there's going to come a time after a while you're going to say something to them, and they're going to say, ah. And then I walk into the room and they'll say, I'll be glad when I can get out from under there. Amen. 
Yes, sir, I know what I'm talking about. This is experience. The reason the Lord's talking about children because they're obedient, they're teachable, and then they're lovable. I mean, little youngin can keep you up and uh, you can feed them and they'll get everything everywhere and you just about got to have a, a, a whole wardrobe again and give them a bath and mop the floor. And, and then when you get through, I know you're fussing about it while you're doing it, but then you pick them up and guess what? They're so sweet. They're lovable. That's what the Lord wants out of you and me as children. He wants us to be lovable. And they're such a blessing. Isn't that little baby a blessing? Sometimes you could wring its neck. Sometimes you, uh, you know, you'd, you'd like to, sometimes you'd say, I just wish I'd get some sleep. And, and, and you don't, you, you love it so much you're not going to shut your eyes and go to sleep. He gets sick and you worry about it all night. And not only that, but sometimes they can be a help. Not when they're in the cradle, of course. But to get on up and little Sally says something, you say, well, why don't you help me? How can? And, of course, you have to do most of the work and show them how, teach them. But they're, they're a, they think they're a help. Am I right? Now, that's what God wants out of it. I sat over thinking today, Lord, show me what these children are. And he gave me these things. And I, could, yeah, I guess you could think of some more. As we go down through there. Uh, but it says, dear children. They're obedient. And that's what God wants. Now verse 2 said, i got to hurry. And it said, and walk in love. Now he tells us in verse 1 that we're to follow. And when he talks about follow, it tells us how to walk. He's going to give us some other things here. Not only just to walk, but follow. If you're going to follow him, you're going to have to walk. And that tells you how to follow. You walk in love. And that means you're not arrogant. It means you have some compassion. It means you walk with concern. You walk with, with uh, some you know, purpose in your life to try to help them. And that's what God wants. He said, and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us. In other words, we are to demonstrate to our fellow man and people we come in contact with the love of Christ that He loves us with. We are to love them in the same manner that Christ loved us, and hath given Himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for sweet smell and savor. In other words, Christ gave Himself, and we ought to be willing to give ourselves for the cause of Christ to everyone we come in contact with. That ought to take out the selfishness of us tonight. Amen. You know what? Most of us are, it's me, myself, and I business. We want to make sure everything's all right for us. Amen. Ain't all this different than what I've been preaching, but amen. You need it, don't we? Now, let's go down. In verse number 3, a lot of preachers won't preach these, but he said, but fornication and all uncleanness are covetousness. Let it not be once named among you as becometh saints. Verse 3 are sins of the flesh. And you're trying to satisfy the flesh. Fornication and uncleanness, such as plain wickedness and immorality. And it says, covetousness, that's desiring somebody else, or whatever they've got, or, or it could be desiring somebody else's wife, somebody else's husband, in this particular case, 
or their car. Somebody said, boy, I'd like to have that car. Amen. You had not learned the trick of us old Christians. You don't never say that. You said, I'd like to have one like it. Amen. We kind of smooth it over. That's kind of like saying, I don't go to, I don't go to the beach. I go to the coast. You know, we got it all figured out. But so what we're looking at here, he says, but fornication and all uncleanness are covetousness. Let it not be once named among you as become a saint. Now, Paul gives that out to you twice. Look at verse number five. He says, for this ye know that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man. You see, a whoremonger's those who are involved in fornication, adultery, and uncleanness. Is that business of, of tonight, uh, uncleanness is mentioned in verse number three. And, uh, and covetous man. He mentions, he's really particular about them three. That's sins of the flesh. And the only way you're going to keep down the sins of the flesh is to stay in the Word of God and keep your mind occupied with the things of the Lord. You said, preacher, I don't have no problem with any of that. Then can I suggest tonight that you go home and when service, I mean, when the daylight comes in the morning, you get your best doctor you can find. And get yourself an appointment and go down and ask the doctor what's wrong with you. Because if you don't have no trouble with the sins of the flesh, there's something abnormal about you. But I'll tell you, everybody in this building has to fight that all the days of their life. Pastoring churches... A lot of preachers have gotten themselves in trouble. I pastored one church and and the pastor before me, I didn't know this until I got there. I probably wouldn't have took the place, but they said the last pastor had an affair with the secretary of the church and they had to ask him to leave. And the chairman board of directors didn't want to do it. Or chairman board deacon, excuse me. Didn't want to do it because he said he preaches the word. So, but they finally got him out of there. And what I'm saying is, I've seen things like that happen. It happens in churches all over. A lot of preachers have failed and went in the wrong direction and lost their testimony and disqualified them themselves from the pulpit. I've been called about everything and been accused of a lot of things. But this is not one of them I've been accused of. I tried my best to stay out of that. And I'm going to make this clear. Most of you folks know with my stand on that. I've had this to happen. There's a lady. I said she's a lady. Called me up one day. And she said, Preacher, I need to talk to you. And I said, That's fine. Well, let me go back and tell you this story first. Miss Sue L is not here tonight, but if she is here, she'd agree with you. Or with me. She called me up on the job one morning and she said, Preacher, God's been dealing with me. I'm lost. I'm going to hell. She'd been sitting under me for a little while. And she said, I need to talk to you. I said, Yeah, all right. When you want to talk? She said, Right now. 
She says, is there any way you'd meet me at the church? I said, yes, ma'am. When are you going to be there? She said, right now in a few minutes. I said, all right, I'll meet you at the church. I got off the phone. I went to my boss and I said, I've got to leave for a few minutes. Got on the phone and called my wife. She was on a public job in Cornelia. And I said, honey, you're going to have to come home. Matter of fact, you got to meet me at the church. Miss Suell's lost. She wants to get saved. She said, I don't want, I said, quit. Give up your job. Get out of there. Whatever, if they won't let you stay, you get out of there and come home. Meet me at the church. And I waited around a little time and I said, right now. If they don't like it, just walk out. She came on up here. She got here before Miss Sue L. did, and I, and I got here before that she did. And we brought her in here, and the reason I did is because I did not want to be in this church by myself with Miss Sue L. I trust Miss Sue L. And I trust me. But I do not trust people riding up and down the road saying, I saw the preacher come out of the church with a woman. Now, sometimes I say to you ladies, if you need any help, I'll help you. And you're a little hesitant for me to help you. But you can rest assured, I'm not going to be alone with you. That makes sense to you? You said you, you can't trust yourself with me? No, it ain't that. I don't want no accusations. These ladies down here at the print shop know what I'm talking about. They sit in the car many times and... You know, if Brother Virgil's in there, that's fine. They come on in. But this little old girl, woman, whatever she was, called me up and said, I need to talk to you, preacher. I said, all right, come on over and talk to me. I live in Atlanta. I was in a pastorium. She said to me, she said, uh, I'll be on over in a few minutes. I said, come on, we'll talk. She came over, knocked on the kitchen door, and I opened the door and she said, are you ready? I said, yes, ma'am. Come on in and let's sit down to the table here. And she said, oh, no. I want to speak to you alone. I don't want your wife here. I said, uh, she said, I want to go out in the fellowship. I said, well, we can go out in the fellowship hall. I said, come on, honey. I said, we'll go out to the fellowship hall. She said, oh, I don't want her to go. I said, then uh, get you somebody else to talk to you. She said, you mean to tell me you're my pastor and you're not going to listen to me? I said, oh yeah, I'm going to listen to you. Let's go. She said, well, alright. I don't like this. I said, well that's the way it's going to be. We went out. And the first thing she'd done is to, she'd come out to talk about how bad her husband was. He wouldn't let her do this and he wouldn't let her go there. And he wouldn't let her do this and everything he said. And I looked at her and I said, uh, uh, he's pretty lenient on you. Because I wouldn't even let you do some of the other stuff I see you do. <laughs> and then I looked at her and I said, and I read scriptures over here. And I, I, I run right in here. I read this fifth chapter of, of Ephesians. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear. And wives, submit yourselves. 
And she got mad and slapped her Bible and went home. I just wanted to tell you tonight, in case you didn't know how that was, that's how it is. And I, I won't refuse you. You say, preacher, we're going to do this. That's fine. I mean, if I have to go hire me a Mexican... Amen. Amen. But I want you to know you can trust me with that. And I want to, I'll do, I reckon everybody, I believe I've treated you all right. I don't believe I've been out of line. I don't believe I've got out of line with any of you ladies in this building tonight. And I don't expect to down the road. I've been preaching 51 years. And I don't want to watch that go down the tube with nothing. I want to die out of here with a good testimony. If you men can do that, that's your business. But you ought to have the same practice. And uh, you ladies the same way. Amen. All I need is to see me coming out of this church out the door with with a lady. Amen. And somebody drive by. I seen the preacher down there. With a woman. It's bad enough for me to stand in the yard and talk to you. Amen. You said you can't trust yourself? Brother, I tell you, I can't trust flesh. I don't care whether it's yours or mine or anybody else's. All right. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as become a saints. That's sins of the flesh. Verse 4. Ooh, I've got to get out of here. Verse 4. I told you we learn a lot verse by verse, don't we? Then he said, neither filthiness, and that's not mean taking, taking no baths. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather given of thanks. That's not sins of the flesh, that's sins of the lips. Got to be careful how you talk. Filthiness. That's bad speech, bad language. Nor foolish talking. That will get all of us. Nor jesting. You know, we're not serious minded. Many times, I ain't so sure we're to tell all the jokes we tell sometimes. And I like a good life. I look in the mirror once while I get several. The Bible said in verse 6, Let no man deceive you with vain words. That's words of useless talking, void of understanding and void of truth and void of purpose. And void of spirituality. For because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Now I just crushed over the top of them. Because I done held you into overtime. But that gives me room to preach something else later. You understand we need this practical preaching. All that other is good. Praise God. Matter of fact, 66 books of the Bible, and we ought to camp in every bit of it. From Genesis to Revelation. 
That's why I like verse by verse. If you preach verse by verse in the Bible, you'll cover every subject that man's ever been under, and he's going to have an education of some sort, unless you skip it. And I skipped a bunch tonight. I'm guilty. But if you don't like it, sit there a while. We'll start on. Amen. Otherwise, we'll go home. Heads bowed and eyes closed.